Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone, as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, now up to, to bat, Brett Boone. Welcome to the Boone Podcast. I'm Brett Boone, and today on the program, I'm joined by a man affectionately known to sports fans around the country simply as Greeny. He's, a, he's an ESPN TV and radio host, and he's got a new book coming out. It's called Got Your Number. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Greenberg. Michael, thanks for coming on the program. Well, thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm a longtime admirer, and uh, it is a pleasure to have this chance to chat with you. Uh, Mike, I want to know about your background. I know you went to Northwestern, graduated mm-hmm. in 89, started with ESPN in 96. How did that all transpire? What do you mean how we got from Northwestern to how do we get to ESPN? Yeah, North, yes. Yeah. So so I worked in Chicago locally for seven years in between there. I graduated from college in 1989. Um, my I was just telling a story, by the way, on the radio just the other day about how I got to Chicago, Evanston, Illinois, which is where Northwestern is, the, the, right before Wrigley Field got lights. So right at the end of the time where every game in Chicago was a day game on the north side anyway. And my favorite memories um, of my entire collegiate experience were in the Wrigley Field bleachers. That was where all the fun was had, Um, you know, in afternoon games and then hanging out there. But anyway, when I graduated in 89, I stayed in town and I got jobs working locally. And I got, you know, I, I don't know if you feel this way. You know, maybe you wouldn't because... For professional athletes, I think it's a little bit different. 
professional sports is just the ultimate meritocracy. I mean, either you're good enough or you're not, and that's it. In most other jobs like mine, I think if people uh, fail to acknowledge the impact that good fortune had on their lives, then they're either lying to you or they're lying to themselves. So I had a few very fortunate things happen. They started an all sports radio station in Chicago right around the time that I was just sort of getting my career rolling and I managed to find my way in there and they needed people to do all sorts of important things, things that at the time, candidly, I was by no means qualified to do, but they didn't have anyone else. And so long story short, I wound up traveling with the Michael Jordan Bulls home and road when I was 24 years old. And that was the most incredible experience I've ever had. And in those days in Chicago, I covered primarily basketball and football. So I covered the Jordan Bulls and the Mike Ditka Bears, which was the greatest education you could ever possibly have. And I covered a little baseball on, on both sides of town. Actually, while I was there, um, the White Sox had some really good years while I was here. Those were the Frank Thomas, Robin Ventura, Jack McDowell, um, you know, Wilson Hernandez, Alex Fernandez, Bo Jackson, White Sox. So I, I, I was around them a little bit. Um, and so, but it was really being around Michael that got me noticed because he created so much interest and attention that people all of a sudden were interested in what I was doing. And as a consequence, one thing led to another. ESPN started this new network called ESPN News, sort of a, a fledgling sports news network in 1996. And they hired a bunch of young people from all over the country. And I was one of those. So again, I was in the right place at the right time. And both of those things worked out really well for me. And I have been there ever since. And growing up as a kid, was it something you always aspired to do? It's like, I want to be on TV. I want to do radio. Or is that something as you got older, you kind of fell into? It was really the sports, Brett, more than anything else for me. So I grew up in a sports crazed family. My both Actually, both of my parents grew up in the Bronx, and both of them were crazy Yankee fans. My father uh, dedicated his first book to Joe DiMaggio, and the book had nothing to do with sports. He just dedicated it to DiMaggio because he idolized him so much. And my mother actually grew up walking distance from Yankee Stadium, and she had an uncle who took her to all the Yankee games. So her favorite player was Phil Rizzuto. And so, and then, and then as time went on, basketball and football. So sports was everything in my house. And my wife is sitting over here and she's nodding along as I say that all we ever talked about in my family was sports. There were, there were no other conversations um, when you were around my, particularly around my father when he was still living. And so that was always my comfort zone. And from the time I realized I wasn't going to be good enough to play point guard for the New York Knicks, which happened around the time I was nine, um, I knew there had to be a different path. And you know, I think you'll find this interesting. What I have found myself thinking a little bit lately is that had I known in those days that there were going to be people like Theo Epstein and Brian Cashman and Daryl Morey and others, people who weren't players and, and, and who, who, were, who came to the sport from a different direction, I might have pursued that. You know, I never got a chance to look, I have a wonderful career. I couldn't be more grateful. I'm not in any way suggesting otherwise. But the one thing that you know that I don't know, and I will never know, is what it is like to win and to lose. Um, and I've, I've always been the one sort of on the outside chronicling it. And again, it's been the, it's been the thrill of all thrills. Um, but had I known that, that that was something that would be a possibility, 
I think that would have been a path I would have really considered. Yeah, I think it's interesting. You mentioned uh, Epstein and and uh, Cashman because throughout my my travels, you know, you meet a lot of people. They love the game. Uh, some really get it on a on almost a player level. Not you can never replace being on the field and being in the middle of it. But I've ran into a handful of guys throughout my travels uh, that really I, I kind of come away from a conversation going, "How the hell do you get it?" I said, you're not supposed to get it. I'm supposed to be able to say things that you can't quite understand. But there are a few guys. So when you say uh, if you knew there was going to be guys like that, you might have pursued something like that. It's really interesting to me because I find the guys like a Brian Cashman sitting down. We've had him on the on the show here. Uh, he really talks intricately about things that I'm not used to non-players knowing about. It, it's fun for me to, to to hear that perspective from somebody that never played at a high level. It's, it's And in this day and age, too, Brett, like so much of that is analytics now, not, not that mm -hmm. specifically. But so many decisions are being made, could be made by people who don't have that level of intimate knowledge right. and understanding. I mean, Daryl Morey, who is a Northwestern guy. So I, I am partial to him and he's the, now the general manager of the Philadelphia 76ers in basketball, but previously with the Houston Rockets for many years, he probably did more to change that sport than almost anyone else, almost any player, but because he was really sort of at the forefront of the way um, uh, analytics have revolutionized basketball. And, you know, people always say that it's about Steph I, at the end of the day, I think it's about guys who could not, who literally could never shoot a three-pointer, recognizing that the value of a three-point shot is so dis so much higher. Like, for example, if I told you right now that uh, there's a runner at third, and if you drove him in with a ground ball to the infield, that would be worth one run. But if you drove him in with a fly ball to the outfield, that would be worth two runs. Or in this case, I guess the analogy would be one and a half runs because it's it's 50% greater. It doesn't take a former player to realize you got to try and do that, right? You sure. got to try and do that as much as you possibly can. And that's the way that sport has changed. So anyway, what I'm trying to say is I think there are a lot of guys who could do that job now who don't have to have the same level of understanding of the game on a granular nation uh, nature that someone like you would. Right. And I think, you know, I'm catching up still with the analytics uh, for an X player. And I think it's pretty normal. You, you talk to a lot of them when the analytics were first coming into Bogue, uh, it, it was easy to dismiss. Oh, no, that's you know, that's not our game. And but I think that's a, an ignorant take. And I've talked to a lot of guys. I said, you know, you don't have to embrace hook, line and sinker analytics but at least educate yourself on them because I think there is a mix in there. And the ultimate mix for me is having someone that really is an astute mind uh, in the game of whatever the sport is, basketball, football, baseball, but has the ability to, to bring the analytics. And there is a mix in there that there's something uh, perfect. And I don't think anyone's figured it out yet, but, but this is just another step in that direction. I think. Look, all analytics are at the end of the day, is what happened you know i mean it it is literally just an endless collection of the data that has this is what has taken place it, it cannot tell you what's going to take place beyond the, the the fact that generally speaking history tends to repeat itself if someone you know if, if someone uh let's just go back to the three-pointers because it's an easy one if someone right. makes 50 percent of those for one year it is likely that he will make close to 50 percent of those again in sure. the following year 
the, the analytics can't tell you what percentage I'm going to shoot next year, but it can tell you what I shot last year. And it can tell you what the value of that is relative to everybody else. And to not incorporate that into a, your team building and B your in-game strategy in any sport, candidly in any business is nonsensical. Now to just be completely blindly to vote devoted to it is equally nonsensical in my opinion, because you are removing one of the most important elements, particularly of sports, um, which is there are, um, which is the human element of it, which is the degree to which the circumstances are going to impact a player in his mind and what he's thinking and his ability to handle the situation and the way everything changes based upon where you are and all the rest of that. So there, you're right. There, there is, there's both an art and a science to this. Right. And some people are better at one or the other. I liked your analogy on the ground ball sacrifice fly, a run versus a run and a half. But for the hitter, it's always been that way. I get rewarded if I hit a sack fly because I'm 0 for 0 with a ribby. If yeah. I hit the ground ball, I'm desperate. I, I'm having a tough time picking up this particular pitcher. At the end of the day, uh, I'm going to take that seven hopper to shortstop because the infield's <laughs> playing back because I'm going to still get that 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 RBI. And I always mm-hmm. tell young players, I said, you know, your average goes up and down. I said, but once you get that ribby, once you get that stake, they can never take it away from you. It's never going away. Um, and just, you know, I'll touch on this a little more on the analytical side of things. I think you're correct too. And too much going all in on analytics and strictly doing that. I think you do a disservice to yourself, especially a young player. I talked to Trevor Bauer. He's totally into the analytics crazy. And I asked him, I said, too much information in the wrong hands. He said, it can be a huge detriment. It can ruin somebody's career. I see young players uh, in the baseball arena. When I played, there was an exit velocity. I knew if I hit that ball good and it went in the seats, that's good. I didn't need to know what the exit velocity was. Right, right. Today, young players especially, and it's a tool used for scouting uh, to put you in a certain group. And I see these kids at the cage, and they, you know, they're young minor league players, and they're they're uh, taking batting practice, and it's whack. And the first thing is their heads on a swivel. What was the exit velocity? Well, now they come home from a day of training. And man, their exit velocity was down two percentage points. Are they going to be able to sleep tonight? Whereas Mm -hmm. old days, we didn't have to worry about that. It was wham. Okay, that feels good. My timing's all. I I know how it's coming off the bat. That's good. But you you see what I'm saying? Just too much. And and I think that comes with that comes with uh, experience going through the game. Somebody that's been in the game for ten years in the big leagues, uh, they're not going to pay as much attention to that. They're they're going to know their feel, they know their body. Anyway, it, it's a fun it's a fun topic. Like I said, I'm just starting to get educated on this um, this analytical stuff. It's a lot of it's really interesting. You talk to my brother, you know, I'll, I'll have debates with him all the time. He'll call me, ask a question, I'll tell him. Well, this said, I said I don't really care in that particular scenario what your analytics are, and you know what you can do with those. And he laughed, <laughs> and he goes back and forth. But uh, it's really interesting. But but I think it's it's here to stay. Uh, but that right mix, I think, is it, what it's going to be. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company. 